It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation. It's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA podcast brought to you by our great friends at MyBookie. By the time you are all listening to this episode, the curtain will have been closed on the 2023 college football season, but it's all good. Don't get me wrong. We're going to miss college football. I will miss it dearly, but just because college football is going to hibernation for the next nine months doesn't mean that your chances to make some money with my bookie are going with it because we are right in the thick of college basketball season. We're going to be doing a Georgia basketball recap of an episode we're not going to call it a preview because it's not really a preview because the season's not quite halfway through but we're getting there we're in a conference play now but we haven't really had a chance to talk much Georgia basketball on this podcast so we're gonna get you guys up to date with what's going on obviously had a big win to open conference play on the road at Missouri so great way to start things off but the point is college basketball season is in full swing I love college basketball season I know a lot of you guys do as well and now the football's gone we turn our attention to the college basketball landscape and you can bet on all of that action at my bookie. They were kind enough to extend our exclusive promo deal all the way through the entirety of the college basketball season. All you have to do is go to mybookie.ag, use our promo code UGA, and you will get that 50% bonus on your first deposit if you're a new user. And you'll have a bunch of extra money to play with to actually line your pockets this college basketball season. So jump in on it while you can, guys. Got a couple of months, but you want to get started as soon as you possibly can. So you can bet anything, anytime, anywhere, only with my bookie. All right, guys. I am your host, Tyler. And for the second time in as many episodes, we have an emergency pod here today. But this one, I think, truly arises to the level of an emergency podcast as today, UNLV transfer quarterback Jaden Mayava has announced his commitment to the Georgia Bulldogs. Yes, you heard that right. Georgia has landed a quarterback out of the NCAA transfer portal and not just any quarterback. This isn't a guy who got beat out for the job at UNLV, so he had to go elsewhere. This isn't a guy who was bare the depth chart. This isn't a guy that had issues with the coaching staff. That is not what's happened here. This is an example of a player who played so well last year for UNLV that he created opportunities for himself to make a move to jump up 
to the next level, to actual power five college football, I guess power four college football now. So that's why I say this truly arises to the level of like a traditional emergency pod here on the Glory UJ podcast, because we're talking about a big time player, guys. Like this is not just a uh-huh, ho-hum kind of guy. No, this is a legit football player who is going to have a very legitimate shot to be our quarterback of the future once Carson Beck leaves fall of the 2024 football season. You might not have been all that familiar with the name prior to today, but trust me, guys, go turn on some UNLV tape and you'll see what I'm talking about here. This dude can flat play. And there are a number of aspects of this that I want to dive into on today's episode. But first, let's start with the player himself. Let's talk about what this guy brings to the table. Who are we getting here in Jaden Mayava? So let me give you guys a quick recap on how he got to this point. He did not open the 2023 season as the starter at UNLV. The starter for the Rebels to open the season was a dude by the name of Doug Brumfeld. You don't know who that guy is, to be honest with you. I wasn't all that familiar with that guy coming to this season. He was their incumbent starter, and Mayava was the number two guy coming to the year. Brumfield started the first three games of the year. And to be honest with you, I did not watch either one of UNLV's first two football games this year. They played Bryant in week one. They beat them 44-14. They lost to Michigan 35-7 in week two. Didn't watch either one of those games. The first time I laid eyes on UNLV, and by extension, Jade Maiava, was when they played Vanderbilt week three. Now, why was I watching that football game? You guys know I watched a lot of college football. I watched about 15 games a week during the season, and I was watching that game because I knew that we that we played Vanderbilt about halfway through the year, so Vandy's on. It was a, it was a late night game. It was at UNLV. By the way, they play in Allegiant Stadium, the, the new Raider Stadium in Las Vegas. It's awesome. It was actually a really fun game to watch, but that was the first time I watched UNLV all year, and that was probably going to be the only time I planned to watch UNLV, because traditionally, guys, I'm not sure how familiar you are with UNLV's program. It's a it's an also-ran program, traditionally. Coming into this season, they'd only had one winning season, one winning season, not just one bowl season, one winning season since 2000. This is a traditionally bottom-tier Mountain West program. So while, yeah, I like to watch a lot of G5 football, I usually like to watch the good G5 teams as much as I can, not like the UNLVs of the world. It's the traditional UNLVs of the world. So I tuned into that game just to watch Vanderbilt. I had no really consideration for UNLV, didn't care, like whatever. And then what happens in that game is Vanderbilt jumps out to a quick 17-0 lead. I mean, they were on the way to straight up blowing out UNLV. But then something happened. Things changed. Doug Brumfeld, UNLV starting quarterback, went down late in the first quarter. At that time, Vandy was up 10-0, and then the series after Brumfield goes down, Vandy goes and scored another touchdown. London Humphreys, by the way, I remember this play specifically out of all those plays in that game because that was the first time I was like, oh, this who's this London Humphreys kid? This guy just like burned a safety on a, on a deep post and like went for a 70-yard touchdown. Like Vandy has guys like that? And well, no, not anymore. Now we do. But London Humphreys burned them and uh, goes goes for like a 70-yard touchdown pass and it's boom, it's 17 nothing. And you know, Viezer back at quarterback in now, who is a guy by the name of, yes, you guessed it, Jaden Mayava. And I kept watching that game at that point, 17 nothing early in the second quarter. And I'm, I'm still watching because I actually had money on Vanderbilt in that game. 
I thought that they, because UNLV, traditionally, not good football team, is Barry Odom. You remember the guy who used to be at Missouri, was the defense coordinator at Arkansas under Sam Pittman. When Pittman first got that job, was one of the reasons Pittman kind of got that program back to like stability. He went and left Arkansas and uh, goes to UNLV, takes the head coaching job. It was his first year there, so I mean, okay, UNLV is traditionally not very good. Barry Odom, first year, it's going to be a transition. They're probably not going to be great, right? It's early in the year. You don't really know. I've never, I haven't seen them play. I watched Vanderbilt play the first game of the year like most of you had. So I put a little money on the Commodores there and also wanted to watch them so I could kind of scout them out for when we played them to get ready to do the preview episode that we do weekly during the season. So it's 17-0, and I'm still watching, right? I have no business continuing to watch this game because as far as I know, like Vanderbilt's just going to absolutely blow them out. They're up 17-0, basically within a quarter. Now you get this backup quarterback in. UNLV has no chance. But uh, yeah, not so fast, my friend. Jaden Maiava leads a thrilling comeback in a game that UNLV actually ends up winning 40-37. to This was one of those late kicks, like 10-15 kick. And I actually stayed up for the entirety of this game. It was down to the wire. UNLV kicked a field goal with like, I don't know, a minute or two left to go up 40-37. Vanny doesn't do anything on their final drive. And boom, UNLV pulls the upset. I lose money. But I'm like, whoa, okay, wait, 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 wait a minute. Who is this guy? Who is this Mayava kid? And I was hooked, not just on him, but their offense is incredibly unique. I wasn't really all that familiar with it prior to that game, but it was a system, an offensive system that I had never really seen before. I'd never really seen anything like it. It was an amalgamation really of a bunch of different kind of concepts I'd seen, but all kind of mashed together in one. The best way I can describe it is kind of a fusion between like the old school triple option in the modern spread concepts. That's really what it is. And they call their offense the go-go offense. This, this guy by the name of Brendan Marion who came from Hawaii over UNLV. And it's really his offense that's kind of taken off. And now people are trying to incorporate different aspects of this go-go offense. What a name, by the way, go-go offense. They're incorporating elements of this go-go offense into what they do because like it's hard to stop it's how do you defend it? you have spread concepts right so you can throw the football over the field so what do teams want to do to defend that they typically try to attack that with quarters coverage for the most part but if you play quarters coverage and you have a light box well they have a very unique setup in their backfield they, they have a couple of different formations they'll use with this one formation it was one of the primary formations they run where they have the quarterback and shotgun and you have okay you typically have one running back next to the quarterback, right? Well, yeah, they have that guy, but then they have another running back next to that first running back. So it's kind of like three ball carry, potential ball carriers in a row, and it is triple option. The first running back right next to the quarterback is the dive read, right? And then if he pulls it, the second running back is the pitch option. So it's really like triple option offense with modern spread passing concepts merged in with it. It's it's wild. It's fun. It's what it is, guys. It's fun. It's a fun offense to watch. I love innovation in college football and football in general. And I was hooked, man. My Alva caught my eye in this offense. I was like, dude, I've never seen anything like this. I got to watch this team. I got to watch this team any chance I get. So yeah, I watched not every UNLV game they played, but I watched a number of their games throughout the year. And so oddly, I actually have, I don't want to call it expertise on my Alva, but I, I have a pretty educated opinion on this guy because I watched about four or five of his games this year. I just couldn't get enough of him and really more so their offense. And obviously at the time, I had no freaking clue that we would ever even like remotely consider taking this guy. I didn't know he was under the portal first off. And if he did enter the portal, I had no idea, no inkling, no thought that he would ever end up at George. Like it wasn't a thought in my mind, but yet here we are. So let's talk about this actual player. So first off, he has prototypical quarterback size. He's 6'4", 220. He is a big dude, but he can also move. Again, this go-go offense is 
kind of triple option based. Now, I will I will say this about his mobility. He is certainly mobile. He's more than a capable runner. He had about, was it 277 yards rushing, I want to say, on the year. And as I pulled up here, yes, exactly 277 rushing yards in the year. Now, of course, that factors in sack yards, all of that. But while he's certainly mobile and a capable runner, an effective runner, he's not a burner in the class of like Jaden Daniels or Anthony Richardson, a guy like that. Jalen Milrow, he's not that level of an athlete. But he's got good solid speed, good solid quickness, and he's got a big physical body that allows him to pick up extra yards after contact. Now, when he would run the football this year, I felt like he could have done a much better job of protecting the ball. He kind of carried like a loaf of bread half the time, just kind of out there. And every time I watch him, I'm like, dude, put that ball, tuck that thing away. Five points of contact, baby. But he's a very capable runner. He brings a level of athleticism and experience to our quarterback room. So no... He did not start every game for UNLV this year, but after that game, after the third game, he was their guy. I mean, he opened my eyes, he opened their coach's eyes, and he started the remaining 11 games on the year for UNLV. In total, he threw for a little over 3,000 yards, 3,085 yards, 17 touchdowns, did throw 10 interceptions, 8.7 yards per attempt, so that's a good solid yards per attempt average there, 63.5% completion percentage. He is an accurate passer, largely at least, but UNLV liked to push the ball down the field a lot this year. Again, triple option fused with spread passing concepts. They're trying to push the ball down the field. They, they would run some screen stuff as well, don't be wrong. But when you push the ball down the field as much as UNLV wanted to and tried to last year, those are lower percentage throws. You're, you're just not going to hit as many of those as you do like when you're like Bo Nix and you just throw the ball two yards past the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage the majority of the time. But there were some throws that he would want back and some throws that he missed that he should have hit. But I think largely he was accurate. And he also has a big arm, guys. I mean, he's a big guy, physical guy, good stature. He made every throw you could possibly try to make in a college football game. Like all the throws this guy can make. He can make the opposite hash, deep outs. He can hit the deep post. He can hit the fade. He can fit balls into tight windows. He actually does a really good job of layering the ball. Yes, he has a really strong arm. But he can also throw the ball with touch when he needs to when the situation arises. And he did a really good job at various points throughout the year of layering balls into tough areas where he had to throw it over defenders. So he's a very talented passer. But here's the thing with him right now. He is a redshirt freshman. So last year was his first playing experience. Now, for my money, he played extraordinarily well considering that context. A first-year starter, redshirt freshman, threw for 3,000 yards. And guys, to put that into perspective... In the history of the Georgia football program, we've only had like six guys throw for 3,000 yards in a single season. I mean, Aaron Murray did it like four times. I think Zyre did it twice. Green did it once, I want to say, in 03. Stafford did it in 08. And then Stetson and Carson, the last two quarterbacks, have done that. Now, obviously, we have this offensive evolution that we've seen over the past couple of years. Offenses are different now. Teams are scoring more points, throwing for more yards, clearly. But this guy did that in 11 and a half games. So in the context of him being a redshirt freshman, he had an, a really, really strong season. He threw 17 touchdowns. Again, 10 interceptions, though. So let's talk about those interceptions. He's a young quarterback, guys. There are plenty of examples. Most of those interceptions were him trying to force the football and making really poor decisions, trying to make plays happen when they weren't there and just turn the football over and put his team in a bad spot. Obviously, you do not want your quarterback to do that. We all know that. But we're talking about a redshirt freshman in his first year as a starting quarterback. I'm not saying this guy's going to be Matthew Stafford. Trust me on that. But you guys remember Matthew Stafford, his freshman year back in 06, wasn't always pretty, right? 
Guys, remember, I mean, Aaron Murray was actually pretty good his freshman year, but he got better. Was He wasn't the Aaron Murray that he would eventually become his first year. You guys remember Stetson Bennett in his first year as a starter. Now, he didn't start a full year in 2020, but he was competent, but not an elite quarterback. Even in 2021, Stetson wasn't the guy he was in 2022. He got better as the season went on with more, more experience, but it takes time, especially when you're that young and you haven't really been in a system all that long. I'm not trying to make excuses for him. He forced too many footballs and made too many bad decisions when it came to that, but I'm just trying to add context to those 10 interceptions. In general, he just needs polish. That's what this guy needs. He is oozing with talent. He is an extraordinarily talented young man. He's got all the physical tools you need. He just needs to be developed. But that's saying something. When I can sit here and say, yeah, this guy needs to be developed and he'll he'll really be something when he was just named the Mountain West Freshman of the Year. And oh, by the way, he led UNLV to the program's first ever Mountain West title game appearance. Now, they didn't win it. They lost to Boise State, but... UNLV has never honestly even really come close to sniffing a chance to get in the Mountain West title game. But this redshirt freshman comes in and leads them to that Mountain West title game in his first season as a starter, his only season as a starter for UNLV. And in the process, won nine games. They won nine games. He didn't really bear any responsibility for the first win over Bryant. So he basically helped them win eight games, which was only their second winning season since the year 2000. Was he the only reason they won games? No, certainly not. Barry Odom brought in a really good staff who did a really good job with that team in year one. Barry Odom's coached a lot of football. He knows what he's doing. But many of us think about it. Jaden Maiava was a big reason why this team went all the way to the Mountain West Championship game. They fell short when they got there, but they got there. And they went to a bowl game. They went to a good bowl game. They went to the guaranteed rate bowl to play Kansas, which is, that's a big bowl game for Mountain West teams. And that might, might not seem like much to you guys, but for UNLV, I cannot emphasize this enough to you. This is a terrible program. That was only their fifth bowl game in program history. And Mayava was the driving force behind most of that, in my opinion. I don't know if they would have even gone bowling this year if Brumfield hadn't gotten hurt. And I hate the kid got hurt. That sucks. But when Mayava got inserted in that game against Vanderbilt and became their starting quarterback, it changed the entire trajectory of that UNLV football team. Again, he needs development. He needs to polish his game. One of the other things that I saw from him when I watched him play this year is he's got good footwork when the pocket's clean, when he has a a, a messy pocket and he's getting some pressure in his face, as is the case for a lot of young quarterbacks, his footwork and his fundamentals tend to go out the window. And in a number of situations, that's when he tries to force the football, turns the ball over, or makes some inaccurate throws because his mechanics are just, poof, they're gone. They disappear when he was feeling pressure. Now, obviously, you don't like to hear that, but again, we're talking about a redshirt freshman quarterback, his first season as a starter, still put up 3,000 yards. You get him into our system with our coaching staff with a full year to sit back and learn our system, to polish up his game, which he needs to do, but of a full year to do that with the best coach you're going to find anywhere in college football. And I really believe he has the potential, hear me out here, potential. I'm not guaranteeing anything, but I believe with his size, with his skill set, with his athleticism, he has the potential to be an NFL quarterback. Now, he's got to continue to develop and, and grow, right? Again, he's got to do that. But if he takes to that coaching and he does the proper polishing up of his game, he's got a chance to be an NFL guy. He has what NFL teams look for. He's got the size. He's got the arm. 
he has the athleticism. Now it's just a matter of getting to the point where he's making better decisions, where he's more consistent with his footwork and his mechanics, and he's got to learn a pro style system. If he can do those things, big if, we don't know, but if he can do those things, he has the tools to be an NFL guy. So yeah, I'm excited about getting this dude. I have no expectation for him to start this year. Obviously he's not. It's Carson Beck's job. But when you can add a guy like this, the Mountain West freshman of the year, who took UNLV, I mean, let's be real, guys, to unprecedented heights for that program. And oh yeah, by the way, it was down to really us and USC. When Lincoln Riley sets his sights on a quarterback, usually pretty good, right? Lincoln Riley said what you want about his defenses. But when we're talking about quarterbacks, does anyone in America have a better track record with quarterbacks than Lincoln Riley? And Lincoln Riley wanted this guy? Yeah, the guy can play. He's legit, and we got a good one, guys. Like, this is a big, big get for us. Again, it has, it's going to have no impact, hopefully no impact on the 2024 year. The only way it would have any impact is if, God forbid, I didn't want to put it out there. But you know what I'm talking about. I won't put it out there, but you know what I'm talking about. So, yeah, needless to say, obviously, if you're hearing what I'm saying, I'm very excited about this guy. And you can say, oh, you're just a Georgia homer. You're looking at things through your red and black tinted glasses, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, sure, I'm a Georgia guy. I don't pretend to be anything other than that. But I'm also a realist, and I also watch a lot of college football. And I'm telling you, before I even had a, the re- most remote thought this guy could end up at Georgia, I was captivated by what he was doing within the context of that offense. Their offense is crazy. When I watched him play Vanderbilt, and I'm like, man, this guy can play. And here we are getting him. I would never imagine my wildest dreams, but here we are. I'm telling you, this guy can play. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so that's who we're getting. Now, I think the next thing we need to talk about here, because I've gotten a number of questions about a lot of things to do with this commitment, but I think the next place we have to go is, why in the world is this guy coming to Georgia? He is a West Coast guy, as I told you earlier, being recruited to USC by Lincoln Riley, who has as good, if not a better track record, I would say a better track record with quarterbacks than anyone in America right now still coaching. What is this guy doing coming cross-country to the SEC going into a system that's very foreign from what he was doing at UNLV? That's a, that's a legit question. That's a good question. Fair question. And I don't have hard and fast answers here. I haven't really talked to many people behind the scenes on this. This kind of happened real fast. 
I knew that we were looking for a fourth quarterback. I had heard his name in passing a week or two ago, but I really didn't put much stock in because I knew USC was recruiting him. And I figured that's where he would go. It just made more sense to me. But things really started to heat up over the past 24 hours or so. And it's like, whoa, whoa, okay. What's happening here? I'm like a lot of you guys. I had the same questions. What's going on? So I had to kind of put some pieces together. Now, here's what I can, I can speculate as to what's going on here. Number one, this kid, as I told you, has NFL potential. Not there yet, but he's got the potential. I think he is aware of that potential. So if your goal is to go to the NFL, yeah, you could go to USC and go play with Lincoln Riley. And I mean, Caleb Williams is going to be the first pick of the NFL draft. He's put a number of high draft picks out in the NFL the past couple of years. Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, Jalen Hurts, the list goes on and on, right? So obviously he could get to the NFL if he went to USC. They've proven that. Lincoln Riley has proven they can do that with his quarterbacks. Win Heisman trophies. We all know that. But it's not really a true pro-style offense. It's not. Now, they do some... The pro-style has changed to a degree. Like, pros are doing different things. Now, what happens is the college game essentially trickles up to the pro game. That's what happens. And we're seeing some of those elements coming to the NFL. But it's still not a true pro-style offense. Our offense, what we do... Yes, we have incorporated a lot of spread principles into our offense. Mike Bobo has. Todd, Mer- Todd Munkin did You know when he was here. That's very, very true. But it's still far more of a pro-style offense than what Lincoln Riley runs. So... If I'm reading into this, what I would say, my speculation would be this guy that I don't know personally, obviously, but I imagine this kid who's got NFL potential, had a really strong first year as a starter at UNLV, wants to challenge himself, move up the level to the to the power five. And if you're going to do that and your goal is the NFL, why not go play for a program that runs, features an NFL style offense, or at least a pro-ish style offense, much more pro style than what you were running at UNLV with that go-go offense. As cool as that offense is, it ain't NFL style. I mean, they run triple option stuff. They don't do that in the NFL. And more pro style than what USC is doing. Now, the next layer to this is, wait a minute. Yeah, okay, that makes sense, Tyler. But, I mean, doesn't he know he has to sit a year behind Carson Beck? Like, if this guy's as good as you say he is, why is he willing to come sit behind Carson Beck for a full year? We could go to USC and potentially start this year. That's a wide-open job, right? Another fair question, and another question that I do not have a hard answer on, but what I can tell you, what I will tell you right now, is that I think his decision to come to Georgia speaks volumes about who this kid is as a competitor. I mean, guys, seriously, how many quarterbacks out there in the country that had as good of a season as he had this year and had as many like high-profile suitors as he had in USC, pretty high-profile school. I know they haven't had a ton of success lately, but pretty high-profile school. Why are you going to go to a place where you have to sit behind an est- a firmly established starting quarterback who's just within the past month announced he's coming back for another year where you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, you are sitting behind this guy for at least a year? What that tells me is that this guy, number one, is about winning. He wants to come to a winning program. You know, that still matters for some of these guys, not for everybody, but for some of these guys, it still matters. Number two, it tells me he's serious about his craft. He wants to come to a place where he's going to be developed and put himself in the best position possible to go to the next level, to be prepared to go to the next level and play in the NFL. And number three, it tells me this kid has that competitive gene. He isn't guaranteed anything, guys, because we still have Gunnar Stockton, who our coaches I know are still very high on. We'll get to him in a minute here. We still have Ryan Puglisi, who I've told you many times I'm very high on. This is not going to be a cakewalk. This guy is not guaranteed a damn thing here at Georgia. He's going to have to earn it. And in an era where not just quarterbacks, but certainly quarterbacks 
in particular because only one of those guys really plays at a time at most schools, almost every school, in an era where quarterbacks and players are taking the path of least resistance, like, oh, I don't know, maybe this guy named Dylan Riola, that's become the norm. Take the path of least resistance at the slightest hint of adversity. No, we turn and we run away. We go somewhere else because we just want to be handed something. We want to be given something. In an era where entitlement has run rampant, this guy is going to the lion's den, man. And if you don't like that in a quarterback, there's something wrong with you, man. That is an alpha right there. That is the definition of an alpha. I don't care who's there. It's like Ryan Pugliese in a lot of ways, right? Pugliese committed to us. Then you got Dylan Riley, number one quarterback in the country. He commits Puglisi does not blink. That's an alpha attitude. And what my alpha is doing right here is also an alpha attitude. Absolutely love it. Again, no guarantee this guy is going to start. Absolutely no guarantee. Gunnar Stockton, still really high on him. Love Gunnar. Did some really good things in that bowl game. Excited to see what he can do. I love Ryan Puglisi. No guarantee whatsoever. But hey, man, if you can stockpile your quarterback room with guys like this, absolutely you do it. And here's one more thought as to why he comes to Georgia. Why? Okay, so all the, all the things I said, I think, have a, a part in this. But you also have to consider where this guy's from, okay? He is from Vegas, right? He's, out from, he's, he's from out in Nevada. Now, he did not play at Desert Pines, which is the school that Michael Jackson III went to when he was in high school. It's also the school where David Hill, who's like a recruiting guy and also like an offensive analyst with our program, he took the job going into 2022, so he just finished up his second year in our program. He was an assistant coach at Desert Pines while Michael Jackson III was there, which I should have mentioned this last week. I meant to, and I just, I zoned out and forgot. Like after I'd gone to bed, I was laying in bed. I was like, oh my God, I should have mentioned on the episode, but I did, my bad. But Michael Jackson III was at Desert Pines when David Hill was there. That was the, the initial connection with us and Michael Jackson III. He can speak personally on this guy. David Hill can speak personally on Michael Jackson III. Now, Mayava did not go to Desert Pines, but he went to two different high schools. He went to Sierra Vista, I think maybe as a freshman and sophomore, and then he went to Liberty after that. Now, I know you guys probably have no clue what I'm talking about. And look, I had to look up exactly how far they were too. I was curious. Liberty and Sierra Vista are both in the 20-mile radius of Desert Pines. Again, where David Hill, who's now in our coaching staff, he's one of our analysts, where he was an assistant coach and where Michael Jackson III, who's now on our commit list, we talked about him last week, he transferred him from over from USC. That's where they were. And both Sierra Vista and Liberty play Desert Pines every year. They're in this, I don't know if they call them regions in Vegas. I don't know in Nevada, but in Georgia, we call them regions. They are in the equivalent of what we call regions here in Georgia, the same region. And he was in high school when Michael Jackson III was in high school. And he was also in high school when David Hill was coaching at Desert Pines. So what I'm telling you is David Hill coached against this guy coached against Mayalva and Michael Jackson III played against him. Now, when you're in a 20-mile radius, I don't know if there's any sort of personal relationship between him and David Hill and Michael Jackson III, but it stands to reason it's possible. I know they played against each other. Maybe they grew up playing against each other in Little League. Maybe there's some sort of friendship. I don't know exactly, but it's worth just mentioning. That very well could have something to do with, number one, why he was interested in Georgia. He knows some of the guys here now. And also, number two, we have someone, we have two guys now in the building that, to, at least to some degree, can speak to, at the very least, the talent that's, that this Mayava kid has. And who knows, they might have some personal relationship and can speak to his character and who the guy is as a kid. I don't know that for sure, but it, it stands to reason that it's certainly a possibility. 
So those are my ideas and thoughts on why Georgia was an attractive option. Now, as far as I'm concerned, Georgia should be an attractive option to everybody. It's like, why would you not want to come to Georgia? But those are my thoughts specifically on Jaden Maiava and why he wants to come to Georgia. We're going to take one final break here real quick. and we come back, I want to look at this from the Georgia standpoint. Why do we want to take him? Why are we going after another quarterback? What does this say about the quarterbacks in our room right now? We'll get to all of that. But first, I want to remind you guys about our good friends at Alumni Hall. This is the time of year where all the new cold weather gear, all the winter gear is hitting the shelves. They got a ton of new Nike stuff, some new Nike golf stuff that's on the shelves right now. And I'm telling you guys, that stuff flies off the shelves fast. It's hot selling stuff. So if you're in the market for some cold weather gear, guys, it's cold right now, man. I, I can hardly even get up and go to the gym this morning. It's so cold. I didn't want to get in my car and just sit there and freeze to death for five minutes while I went to the gym. So it's cold. And you want to have the best George gear possible to keep you warm this winter. And there's no place better to find that stuff at than Alumni Hall because they have the best selection of all George gear and accessories that you will find anywhere. Trust me, I'm a fine connoisseur of Georgia stuff and I've been to all the places. Alumni Hall, guys, it's hands down the best. There's no other Georgia retailer like it. Just take my word for it, guys. I wouldn't steer you wrong. So make sure to stop by in-store today inside the Edgebridge Shopping Center here in the Classic City or online. If you're not in the Athens area, you can always shop online at alumnihall.com because Alumni Hall is where the Bulldogs shop. All right, guys, a couple more thoughts here on this commitment from Jaden Maiava. Now, one of the bigger questions I've gotten, I've kind of saved this as I wanted to dive into it a little bit here after the break, I've got quite a few questions already from a number of our listeners out there, and they all are sounding the same theme. Why would we take him? What does this mean for the quarterback room? Should we read anything into this in terms of how Kirby and our staff feel about the other quarterbacks in our room? Is this kind of like a lack of confidence in Gunnar Stockton and uncertainty about Ryan Pugliese? What's going on here? Why would we take him? All very reasonable questions. But let me start by saying this. I was not in the slightest bit surprised that we took a fourth quarterback. Now, was I surprised it was Mayava? Yeah, sure. But guys, Kirby has made no secret about his desire to add a fourth quarterback to our roster. I mean, he was talking about this in his signing day press conference. We have certain desired numbers that we want to hit on our roster at each position group. And four is the number of quarterback. We do not want to go into a season with anything less than four scholarship quarterbacks. Now, in the day and age of transfer portal, that can be easier said than done sometimes. But that is the goal. It's not just for, you know, next year's sake. You know, hopefully you don't go through three quarterbacks and have to go to your four-string guy. Hopefully you don't have to do that. I guess it's possible. But you want to have guys in your program that develop in your programs. You know that somebody's in a transfer. It's just the day and age that we're in, right? Especially the quarterback position where only one guy really plays at a time. You're not going to keep all those guys in your room for any long period of time, right? Now, some guys like Carson Beck, Gunnar Stockton, Brock Vandegrift stayed for a while and just didn't just, you know, just didn't work out for him here because Carson decided he wanted to come back. But those guys are the exception. Those guys are rare. So you want to have as many guys in your room as you possibly can in your system for the eventuality that at least a number of those guys, one or two of those guys are going to transfer out. So you have at least one or two guys left that have been in your system. So no, I was not in the least bit surprised that we took a quarterback, and if, if you were listening to Kirby, you, you shouldn't be surprised either. But again, yeah, my Mayava, a little surprised it was him. I didn't see that one coming. But I would not read anything into this in terms of how the staff feels about Gunnar Stockton and Ryan Pliglisi. Everyone that I've ever talked to behind the scenes at Georgia loves this kid. Kirby 
reportedly loves this kid. I say reportedly because I don't know Kirby. I've never talked to Kirby directly. I know people that know Kirby. I know people that are very close to Kirby, but I don't know Kirby. But the people that I know that know Kirby tell me that Kirby likes Gunner and believes he has a chance to be a really good quarterback. I've been hearing that for two years. So I have no reason to believe that our coaching staff has anything but confidence in Gunnar Stockton when and if his number was called. And we all finally got a chance to lay some eyes on him for extended snaps in the Orange Bowl. Yeah, you know, Florida State, opt-outs, all that. Sure, whatever. But we got to see this guy operate in a, in a bowl game. In, against a, 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 yeah, they didn't have all their players, but a, a, still a talented football team. And I thought he did some really good things. Yeah, he was a little nervous at first, you can kind of tell. But he really, really settled in. And I thought he did some good things and showed some signs of being able to be a guy that we can count on as our starting quarterback at some point in the future. And then Ryan Pliglissi. Guys, I'm telling you, our coaching staff loves this kid. We offered this guy ahead of Julian Sam, all right? Julian Sam, going to Alabama, is an awesome quarterback. If you guys go back to about, about this time last year, we were all over Julian Sam. And he was trending our way. In fact, I, I mean, I mentioned this on signing day, I think, when we did our recap episode. Julian Sam had set a commitment date, was going to commit to Georgia, but he backed off, right? He pulls back on his date, pushes it back. Why? Because we weren't quite ready to take his commitment because we like Puglisi. We want to see what Puglisi was going to do. That doesn't mean that Puglisi is ever going to be our starting quarterback. It doesn't mean that he's going to be a superstar or anything like that. All I'm telling you is our coaching staff likes that kid. So again, just like with Stockton, I don't think taking Mayava has anything to do with our feelings and or potential lack of belief in either Ryan Pliglisi or Gunnar Stockton. This is a numbers thing. And also a, hey, there's a really good player that's a lot of potential, has NFL potential that is interested in coming to Georgia. Why would we not take this guy? Why would we not pursue him? Yeah, we're set this year with Carson Beck, but hey man, we're going to have a quarterback battle in our hands going to 2025. And why not add another really talented option to that battle? A lot of coaches talk about competition, right? They talk about, oh yeah, iron sharpens iron, right? Well, a lot of coaches kind of lip service. Kirby Smart, it's not lip service. This man believes that, guys, with all of his heart. Competition breeds excellence. So he is going to try to bring in as much competition as he possibly can in every single position. No one is sacred. You've got to earn everything. And look, I love Gunnar Stockton. I hope this kid, you know, I hope the best for him. I, I really like Ryan Puglisi. I hope the best for him. I want what's best for Georgia, though. And if we can add a guy, the caliber of Jordan Maiava, to our program, who absolutely is going to have a shot to win the job in 2025 after a full year in our system, it would be coaching malpractice to not take this guy. He's got some things he needs to clean up. But guys, the, the tools are there. I can't tell you right now he's going to win the job in 2025, but I'll tell you he has a, a, a good shot. He's got a legitimate chance, guys. I know right now, obviously, Gunnar Stockton has the experience in our program edge on him, but right now, immediately, Mayava becomes the second most experienced quarterback on our roster. He has 11 starts, over 800 snaps to his name. I mean, hell, he's only three starts behind Carson Beck. So while he'll be at a disadvantage in that he won't have as much time in our system as Gunnar Stockton, he is going to have a full year to catch up. And he's got actual playing experience, not power five playing experience, but playing experience that Gunnar Stockton doesn't have. Again, I'm not, I can't project right now who's going to win the job. We don't know that, but I will tell you he has a shot, all right? I wouldn't write him off. In a lot of ways, it reminds me of the J.D. Daniels situation. You guys remember that? Like going back to the COVID year? So I often forget this guy was ever even a part of our program, but Jamie Newman was the big get in the transfer portal, right? Got him from Wake Forest. We I just assumed he was going to be our starting quarterback. That was the plan. And then in the middle of the summer, seemingly out of nowhere, 
It's, oh yeah, JT Daniels just committed Georgia. And it's like, what? What just happened? We just landed this former five-star guy out of the portal after we already took Jamie Newman from the portal who did a lot of good things away for us and is our presumed starter this year. How did that work out and why? What's going on? Well, why is because Kirby wants to stop the room with as much talent as you possibly can. That's what his job is, guys. His job is to stack our roster with as much talent as he possibly can at every single position. This is Kirby doing Kirby things. This is not unprecedented. This is exactly, really, it's exactly what went on with JT Daniels, except that it happened in January and not in like, what, May, June, whenever we got wind that JT Daniels was coming to Georgia. Just because we have an obvious starting quarterback in Carson Beck doesn't mean Kirby's not looking at the future, guys. I tell you all the time, Kirby is relentless. There's a reason that our program is where it is right now. And that reason, more than anything, is Kirby smart because he does things like this. The man never rests. He's so detail-oriented. There's no stone that goes unturned. And there's no opportunity that he lets just pass by. When Again, when a guy like this is showing interest in your program, you say, uh, yes, sir, come on down. You roll out the red carpet, you get this kid into your program. That's exactly what we did. Now, one more thing to talk about here real quick before we get out of here. I think it's a fair question to ask, well, how do Ryan Pliglissi and even more so Gunnar Stockton, he's been in the program for a while, right? He's put in the, his time, he's paid his dues, he's waited his turn. How do they feel about us adding a fourth quarterback to the, to the roster? A, a, a transfer guy, a, a guy that has starting experience, who did a lot of really good things at UNLV. Yeah, G5 level, but really good things there. Does this rub them the wrong way? Is this going to make them maybe look at the transfer portal? Again, fair questions. Now, I don't know the answer to that. I, I I know that I keep saying that with all these questions. I don't have the answer. I don't know. Like this is this news just hit, guys. Like, that's why it's an emergency pod. But what my understanding is is that Kirby and the staff fully loop these guys in, and that that's kind of standard practice for Kirby, guys. Like he's he's almost open to a fault with these guys. He's extraordinarily straightforward and honest with them. That's why we saw that flood of guys hitting the portal right after the SEC Championship game because Kirby meets with all these guys. He has exit interviews, meets all these guys, and is brutally honest in laying out where they're on the depth chart and where he sees them going forward and what their situation is. He'll tell them because he, he wants these guys to make the best decision for themselves. He doesn't want to screw these guys over, so he, he tells them the truth. He's honest with them. And so I have no doubt that Kirby did that in the situation with both Pluglissi and Gunnar Stockton. And look, those guys are competitors too. I mean, Ryan Pugliese didn't bat an eye when the number one quarterback in the country committed in his same class. That didn't change his feelings about Georgia. So why is this going to change his feelings about Georgia? Because there's more class separation between him and Maiava than there was between him and, and, and Riola. Gunnar Stockton's been in our system. He has that edge. He's a talented guy who I'm sure very, very much believes in himself, as he should. But when you're the head coach of a major college program like Georgia, again, your job is is to stack the roster, to stockpile as much talent as you possibly can. That is your job. And you cannot let a certain position, especially a position as, as important as quarterback, drop below the numbers that you have earmarked for that particular position. His job is to make the roster better, not to worry about people's feelings. And I know that sounds brutal and cruel, and I, I know how that comes off. And look, I'm not saying you, you have to manage the talent. I'm not saying that he doesn't have to like manage the players on the roster. Of course, that's part of roster management. You have to make sure these players understand what's going on. But again, Kirby's straightforward with these guys. He's not going to like spring this on. Like, hey, surprise, guys. These I guarantee you Gunnar Stockton and Ryan Pugliese did not find out about this on social media today. Do they love it? Probably not. I, I would venture guess they would prefer to not have another talented guy in the room to compete with. But if you are afraid to compete, 
you are not a fit at Georgia. And I have seen no evidence that Gunnar Stockton's afraid of competition. Absolutely not. He knew that Brock Vanegrift was already here. He knew Carson Beck was here when he when he committed. He still came to Georgia. Ryan Puglisi, same thing. So I don't think it's an issue. I fully expect all three of those quarterbacks to be on the roster heading into the 2025 season. And it's going to be one hell of a quarterback competition going into that season. And I'll also throw this out there. Let's look at Florida State for an example. Last thing, and then we'll close things out. Florida State and their situation, the misfortune that they suffered at the hands of the Cultural Playoff Committee when Jordan Travis went down for the season in their penultimate regular season game, that serves as a very stark example of why you absolutely have to have your quarterback room in as good a shape as you possibly can. To have guys that can actually make plays for you if, God forbid, your starting quarterback goes down. Because Florida State didn't, guys. Florida State did not. And did the committee screw them? Like, maybe, yeah, you can argue that, I guess. But if they would have had a guy the caliber of Jordan Maiava in their quarterback room when Jordan Travis went down, it might have been a very different story for the Seminoles. And look, I'm not saying he's going to win our backup job this year. I don't know. That number two quarterback job is going to be a heck of a battle this offseason. But after what we saw happen with Florida State and the Coastal Playoff Committee, them being left out, again, it's coaching malpractice if you do not take this guy, as talented as he is, that could really come in and help you win games. This guy's a playmaker, y'all. He is a playmaker. Yeah, he's got some things he's got to clean up and work on, but the man can make plays. And if, again, God forbid, I don't want to put it out there in the universe, but if God forbid we suffered the same, a similar situation to what Florida State suffered last year, you've got to have somebody that can come in and win football games for you. And yeah, I think Gunnar Stockton could be that guy. Sure, absolutely. But you want to have as many guys in your quarterback room that you can say that about as humanly possible. And this guy, I'm telling you, if he got thrust into duty, he can make some plays. And he'd be far better than anything that Florida State threw out there once Jordan Travis went down. But all right, guys, that's all I got for today. I waited a little bit later to this episode because I knew this news was going to hit. I was waiting for it to become official official. So I got started a little bit later today, and I actually need to go watch the National Championship game. I still don't know how I feel about it. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it through the game, guys. I really don't. I don't know. But, hey, I'm a college football guy. I watched a lot of college football this year. I got to I gotta see this thing through. So I got to go watch that game. But I appreciate you guys being here. I did not forget about all those remaining mailbag questions. We are going to get to those. That was the plan today. But then this news hit, and we kind of had to move those questions to later in the week, which is okay. We're the offseason. We can do those kind of things, a little bit more flexibility. When this news hit, I want to jump on it real quick because I think this is big-time news. And, again, like I said last week when Michael Jackson III committed, Georgia just got better today, guys. And that is what I will leave you with. So I appreciate you guys being here. I'm Tyler. And as always, go dogs.